Welcome back to the Markout Movie Podcast. This is Brandon Spavi with Aaron Whitlow. That's right. It's Aaron Whitlow. <laughs> and we are the Markout Movie Podcast. And Aaron, what are we doing today? Oh, we're going to visit a park. There's a magical park. A park filled with attractions. It does have some attractions, some nice attractions, some diddly attractions. Oh, it's, it's a... It was a nice park to revisit. Oh, it is. (laughs) This is a Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Oh, man. Uh, Um, What can you say? 1993, right? Yes, 1993. Um, June 11th, 1993. So, man, it seems like so long ago, but when you watch it, it feels like it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I know this isn't, uh, it doesn't hold up, but I just want to say the movie holds up. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah, the movie. It's the best one in the series. It holds up very well. <laughs> I would agree with that. I think it's the best one in the series. I think the second best in the series would be Jurassic World. That's in my opinion. That's in my yeah. opinion. I don't know. I when I, re, when I first saw Jurassic World, I would agree with you. But for some reason, when I went back to watch The Lost World, I liked it a lot better than I did in previous reviewings of that movie. I I don't know. It just caught my eye for whatever reason. I used to hate that movie, but now I really enjoy it. So I I would say it's between that and Jurassic World. Uh, you know, I, maybe we'll revisit them and review them as well. We have to. Uh, it's probably because you're a Go Bloom guy. Which I'm a Goldblum guy, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't a Goldblum guy at at first. Like, I liked Sam Neill in this movie. Uh, when I was younger, I, I I loved his character of Alan Grant. I love the kids as well. Uh, Jack, John Hammond. I mean, but I've grown to love Ian Malcolm. I really have. Absolutely, he kind of steals the show. Uh, yeah, he does. More and more I watch this movie, more I'm like, okay, Malcolm steals the show. <laughs> How did I not um, notice this as a kid? I mean, yeah, I, I love it. Well, let but me I, go ahead and get to the, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to just at least knock out what I have as far as what the movie's about. I'm, okay. I'm taking this right off the back of the box uh, of my Blu-ray. It's a steel book Blu-ray, by the way. It's a pretty nice looking cover. It has the DVD plus a Blu-ray version of it, so, you know. And it has bonus features, which I've never watched in my life. I should one day. Um, you should. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to take it right here. Uh, Jurassic Park takes you to an amazing theme park on a remote island where dinosaurs once again roam the earth. And five people must battle to save, survive among the prehistoric predators. Starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Richard uh, Attenborough. And, and they discover the oh, it says discover the breathtaking adventure you will want to experience again and again. This is so true. Uh, I don't. My phone doesn't allow. I didn't want to move out of this app and go to the internet, so I decided just to read it off the back of the actual box. So awesome. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll get to the numbers. Um, it has an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. 
68% on Metacritic like this movie. Uh, 93% on Google like this movie. And Rotten Tomatoes, it's a double whammy for audience scores and on the tomato meter. 91% enjoyed this movie. I don't think we've ever had a tie like that, that high up there. But it's awesome that 91% audience and critics enjoy this movie. As I was saying to you before, uh, you know, when we first was discussing this, as we was watching it, I was like, man, this movie is, um, it's one of those movies that stand out, um, just stands out as, as like, it gives you such feels when you watch it again. Um, Not not every movie that you can watch does that. Like, honestly, not every movie will give me the feels. I love Halloween, but it doesn't give me the feels like, say, uh, uh, Back to the Future or Jurassic Park or Gremlins or, uh, you know, Goonies. Those movies like that really give me the feels. And that's, that's what this movie does for me. It gives me that, that yeah. nostalgic type of, like, it, it transplants me, uh, not transplants, but teleports me back to 1993, being a 13-year-old kid at the Plaza Sixth Movie Theater, watching Jurassic Park and uh, experiencing everything, experiencing it all. And, it, you know, uh, what was your experience like, uh, Brandon, when you initially saw this movie back in the day? Uh, wasn't in the theater because my family was against that. <laughs> but I was 10 years old. I remember renting it. Uh, I want to say Get Real video been so long ago since we had to get real but i remember renting it and i was just blown away i was a big dino fan back then like i would say bigger than sharks back in the day uh i was i just love dinosaurs so i was i didn't even realize spielberg directed it at first so um i, I was there for the dinosaurs i was amazed at how they looked because i think previously you know, I remember the cavemen versus like dinosaur movies or uh, the horror film, uh, Carno, Carnivosaur. Carnivore. Yeah, I remember that. Carnivore. I was like, I had never seen anything like this before on screen. None of us have, you know, what Spielberg and that team was able to accomplish. No one ever seen anything like this. It was quick it was question to you. Quick huh? question to you. Okay. So, were you, <laughs> so, did you see Jaws prior to this? Yeah. Uh, right, so yeah. you was already you was I already seen, into Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, Jaws when I was eight. Like they had a marathon of just Jaws on TBS. It was Fourth of July weekend. Uh, was when I first saw Jaws. But I was eight. It was two years prior to this movie. Uh, so uh, then I saw ET. So. I think that's all I had seen of Spielberg was Jaws and E.T. until Jurassic Park. And if you think about just those three movies that you mentioned, Jaws, E.T., and Jurassic Park, uh, it's amazing how Spielberg takes uh, something that isn't that isn't real, that isn't alive, and yeah. make it appear to be a living, breathing creature. Oh, yeah. With Jaws, with Bruce, you you felt like he was a real great white shark. Like you didn't feel like it was animatronic or anything. You felt like, like that was a great white shark. You, at one point in watching the movie, you didn't think, oh, it's fake. 
you you think, oh no, it's a shark and it's gonna kill me, you know. Yeah. And then with ET, you look at ET and you're like, you feel like it is an alien. You yeah. don't you don't say it is a puppet. And people are like five or six people are operating this puppet. Not at one point do you think that. You think this is a this is a real life alien. And yeah. uh and with Jurassic Park, like you said, before that, we had really crappy dinosaurs. So to actually look at this and be like, this is really a, a dinosaur. Like, you felt like it was a real dinosaur. You didn't feel like, you know, you felt like you go and, like, see a literal dinosaur, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah, he he is he, the master of creating magic <laughs> in a film, um, making you believe stuff i mean it just uh yeah you said bruce yeah i I saw a shark you know come to life (laughs) um and then et saw an alien you know you you cared about that little creature that little et you know you 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 just cared he he brings heart to everything he does i've i honestly have never seen a filmmaker do what he can do uh i've seen people try but none not on his level, you know, it's just, he's a, thank God for him. <laughs> he's a tour. He's a, he's a film, he's a film making a tour. He's the guy that a lot of people try to become a tourist, you know, people try to become like those like directors that stand out. But yeah. I'm going to say this right here on the market movie podcast for the world to hear. Steven Spielberg is the greatest director to ever live. Uh, I'd love Hitchcock. I love Carpenter. I love Craven. You know, I love, you know, for the most part, I like Jerry Bruckheimer. I like uh, Martin Scorsese. I like these people. But none of them hold a candle to Spielberg. None of them can touch Spielberg. It's just in my opinion. That's my opinion. Aaron's opinion is that. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Uh, But I will say, like, there is certain genres that I don't think he can do well. I don't think, I think comedy, just the straight out comedy, he doesn't know how to do, you know, that. I've never actually, I don't think I've ever seen him tr- a, approach a horror film. Well, unless you really want to count Jaws, but I don't. But if you, you, I mean, it's a little bit of everything, but like a straight up horror film, I don't think I've ever seen him do one. I mean, definitely not like, a, well, I guess Poltergeist. A lot of people but say he wasn't, he directed but, that, but, but really. Yeah, I think that is main. You could feel his hand on it. You feel yeah. his hand on Porter Guys. I think with Steven Spielberg though, it seems like, especially for that time frame, he he must be a fan of horror, but he doesn't <clears throat> want to commit to the genre. Um, and yeah. so he has somebody like a Toby Hooper or somebody like that to go ahead and direct a a movie for him. And uh, and but he doesn't just he doesn't take the credit. But it's almost like Carpenter did on uh, Halloween Two. Uh, he didn't technically direct Halloween 2, but he uh, he pretty much oversaw everything, and he was hands-on. And I yeah. think he did go back in and shoot stuff because he wanted things done a different way. Uh, but it, it's just like that. I think that's how it is with Spielberg. But I can't think of a straight-up horror that Spielberg did. Like, he did – he's really – his biggest thing is sci-fi. Uh, he did really good. At, uh, you remember oh. um, Batters Not Included? Yeah, yeah. Like he's, but like you said, all his movies, you can tell his movies because they all have a little element of this the, the heart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
gentleness that's in it. Even if it's not a gentle movie, it just has that element. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he has that special ingredient that, that makes his movies come to life. <laughs> you know, I mean, really come to life. Uh, you just... You can't take your and this is how I felt rewatching Jurassic Park. Actually, I was watching it. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Everything just came to life. Uh, and I know people may not understand what I mean by that, you know, but it just it's it's a different thing when you're watching Spielberg at his best. When he when you watch a movie at his best, everything just comes to life, you know. And it's like going to a, a theme park almost and you know seeing these characters come to life and that's what it's like watching a spielberg movie in his heyday especially man it's just it's magical especially magical. jurassic park but yeah i mean jurassic park though um i just and i, I got giddy watching it like i um like even in the opening scene I was like, man, it, it just, it, I was hooked instantly. Mm -hmm. The first time I saw it on Tuesday night when I watched it, it's just the score, the, the direction, the, the acting, all of it. It just, it's, it's amazing to watch. Let's talk about that real quick. Um, the score, uh, I'm trying to find, like, Forgive me. I don't have, I don't have the, uh, I don't have a computer in front of me, so I'm, I'm limited. Brandon, you can tell us who did the score. Was it? Uh, oh yeah, John Williams. John Williams. John Williams. Yeah, I feel. Oh I my felt God, he is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it felt big. It felt like an Indiana Jones. It felt like, uh, each, you know, it felt like a Spielberg type of thing. Like just something about that. That theme song, whenever yeah. you hear it, you feel yeah. like, dun, 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 dun. you know, you feel it and you just like, it's just a whimsical theme. Uh, and it's just like, oh my gosh, there's dinosaurs, you know, and it's just like, it, it makes them, it pushes the movie to a different level. It's like yeah. how, mu how music, music should amplify what you see on screen. Uh, it shouldn't take over it, but it should amplify it, and that's exactly what that does. It doesn't take over it; it just amplifies the visuals, and it, yeah. and it's all sensory. So you're hearing the score, and you're seeing the dinosaurs, and you're feeling everything. You're feeling the same emotions that Sam Neill's feeling. You know that the the characters are feeling. You 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 know like the like I love when she like she's in the car, uh, and she's uh you know, looking at the leaf, she says, this is early, whatever, uh, period, crustacean period or whatever. You know, she's saying like, and then like he just takes her head and moves her head to look towards the dinosaurs. Oh yeah. Uh, and then like, she just, her jaw drops. And, yeah. but we don't get to see it until everybody sees it. And I love that. That's what he did with, even though he didn't do Goonies, but he had a hand, he had a hand in Goonies. Spielberg's oh, he, all over Goonies. Um, yeah, Spielberg's all over that, that movie. Yeah. That's how it was with the. It's, uh, it's how it was when we seen the pirate ship for the first time, because you know they're in the water and they all get in the water and then like they argue and then one of them like guys guys look and they look and they see the the pirate ship and you and you feel it like like when they see it you feel it the same way, same thing with this man when you see the dinosaurs, you forget 
that this is CGI or you forget that this oh, yeah. is animatronic. You just and it's really good CGI for this time too, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think the CGI still holds up. Uh, I think you know when you first see the dinosaurs, though, your jaw drops. You you feel that. You know, you really feel it. You're you're in the moment. I mean, it's a good feeling, especially if you're a big dinosaur fan. You know, you and which I was as a kid at ten years old. Uh, I still am to this day. I, I love dinosaurs. You know, but man, when he you go back and watch this movie and you see that moment. Oh man, your heart is just pumping. It's 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 beating so fast. You know, you're you're, you're like a little kid at a candy store again. It's the best way I could describe it. You're you're a kid again when you see these dinosaurs appear for the very first time. Would you agree? I would agree with it. I would agree with you with that. Yeah, you feel like a kid. Like I, I'm 40 years old now, man. And uh, when I was watching this earlier this week, I was a kid. I was like really. I was just was, you know, teleported back to the time frame into watching that and, and experiencing it again. And and I was like. And watching, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot Samuel Jackson's in this movie. Yes. You know, I totally forgot that. I was like, Samuel Jackson's in this movie. Hold on to like, your butts. Yeah. Um, and, uh, man, Laura Dern, I didn't even, like, I, you know, I didn't even put two and two together that that is Laura Dern. You know, I was. I always forget. Like, I know she's in the movie, but I always forget that she did this movie. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why. I, I do, but I don't. Um, when I think of Jurassic Park, I think of Sam Neill first. I think of Goldblum. I always skip out on her. I don't know why. I hate well, that I do. She, yeah. I mean, she was an interesting character, but she wasn't yeah. as interesting as Sam Neill. She wasn't as interested as Goldblum. Yeah. Uh, she wasn't as interesting as, uh, you know, uh, Edinburgh. Uh, but, yeah. you know, Hammond. Um, yeah, yeah, Hammond. Uh, and I'm glad you can you can tell me the characters' names in the movie because I don't I like literally I have nothing in front of me. My my iPad did not want to turn on today, so I, yeah, I have uh, nothing. I'm flying. I'm flying. You know, uh, I want to briefly talk about John Hammond and his motivations. Um, we find out later in the series about some certain stuff, but when you meet John Hammond, uh, what are your first thoughts of this guy? Well. Well, like, it's funny because initially back in 93 watching this, I, I thought, oh, he's a sneaky character. What's he doing? What's his what's his motivation? But in going back and rewatching it again uh, here recently, and I just I just love the character. I, I think that he's just a kind old man that wanted to uh, bring, like, bring magic, uh, yeah. allow people to, he, he's almost like a, hate to say Walt Disney, uh, but he reminds me of a Walt Disney type of character, uh, uh, but but not in the sense of like, he's, but he seems like he's pure of heart. Like, he yeah. doesn't mean any of this to be like mean or ugly. He wanted to really, not to profit, but mainly it, it, was, it looks like he wasn't really in it for the profit. He's in it to actually have magic, yeah. to, you know, share dinosaurs with with the world, like where you can see dinosaurs, you know, um, that's, yeah, that's that, my thoughts on them. That was the change from the book, from the movie. Uh, Spielberg changed his character. Uh, uh, I haven't read the book, but I have been told he's an evil character in the book. Uh, he, he was out for money. 
And uh, so I'm glad they kind of changed that because they made kind of the lawyer that type of character. Mm-hmm. And, and I love how Hammond says, the only person that's on my side is the blood-sucking lawyer. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> I don't know if he actually said no offense, but I, I just think that, that he meant no offense. <laughs> but I love that scene, though. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, everything about this movie, though, is, is you're so glued to the, to the film. I mean, every second, every frame, you're glued to it. And there's just not many movies are like that as you pointed out earlier not many and then uh there was a there was a so there was a scene in the film where uh the very very first thing that we see is we don't uh i don't know if it i believe it's a t-rex or it had to be a t-rex um that uh was in that enclosure in that container that they turn on the ship and get there um and it ends up killing a worker uh and 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 uh you can tell me his name he says shooter shooter um let's see bob uh, Peck plays muldoon i don't yeah, actually yeah. believe they actually give his name no uh name. yeah he's uh like he he's uh he actually passed away he's no longer with us but uh but yeah he was just I, that was one of the most memorable uh quotes from the movie. Shoot her. Yeah. Shoot her. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he was really good in this movie. Um I have never seen him in a movie before or since. I don't think I've ever seen him since. Yeah. Honestly. Like I think about him in Jurassic Park. Um and uh but then it starts with that. So the first death in the movie was this guy. I don't know if he's a black guy or what, but you know, black folks always die in movies. Or, no, it's right. But uh yeah, Brandon probably gave me a look on the other side that I cannot see. All right, um, but uh, but then when we get to meet um, uh, uh, Sam's character and Laura's characters, uh, they're at a um, they're at a excavation site, right? Where they're trying to dig up like a, a velociraptor. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, the kid there, and this is a fan theory. That, that fan theory is that that kid that he's scared with the Velociraptor claw goes up, grows up to be Chris Pratt in Jurassic World. That's a theory. I hope mm. it's true. That'd be interesting if it is. And we will find out if, it, if it's true, if, if, you know, in the next film, because they're, they're coming back. But that's interesting. Mm. They never said the name of the kid, but it was like, which I know the kid from, uh, uh, Nightmare on M Street. Uh, yeah, he played like like a demon child or something. I forget, but like he just has a very familiar face. Um, but yeah, just that kid is uh, is the theory is that he scared him because he didn't respect the Velociraptors at first until he put the fear in him about how powerful, how much respect they deserve, and he then goes out go grows up to like be really like intrigued by Velociraptors and to the point where he works with Velociraptors, and as an adult, he's the one with Blue and the other Velociraptors as him. So mm. that's, I think it's a good theory, and I hope that it's, I hope that it happens, it just, it would be more connective tissues to connect the first one with this new series. Yeah, um, I've, I have never heard it theory, but I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> because it definitely would connect the Jurassic World to Jurassic Park, uh, 
other than the dinosaurs, there really isn't a connection. Um, you know, I mean, it's the same park and all, but just rebuilt. But the characters wise, it's not connected. Um, yeah, so it'd be cool to have that one connective character. Yeah. It's from all of them, you know, or it's from the first one. At but, least. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, we, we get to the point where uh, Nedry, Nedry, I think I tell you play, pronounce his name, played by Wayne Newman. 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 <laughs> you know, he's, he's gonna meeting. always be Newman to me. Yeah, he'll always be Newman. He, I can't think of who he's meeting. He's meeting uh, some guy uh, to sell the. Uh, he's essentially gonna steal. Yeah. Um, I think stealing stealing DNA. Yeah. Uh, to sell them so that they can pretty much get a jump on what they're doing and open up and steal the profits so that uh, Hammond. You know, and I was wondering if that was like James Cromwell's character that was wanting to steal it from a Jurassic World, uh, the Fallen Kingdom. Hmm. Uh, I was just curious after watching that movie, they knew each other, they were they were partners, they had a split. I was kind of wondering if that was if he was working for the other side in the original Jurassic Park. Just, I mean, it's just my own personal theory. I, it's interesting, it's an interesting theory. It but, could be. It could be. But I, I mean, I love that this little subplot because it's all his fault. What happens in his own movie? Uh, Even his death is is all his fault. Everything is his fault. Like yeah, everything. Um, everything. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> but I, I love him in the movie. Like he's a despicable character. But I, I like him. I mean, it's it's Newman. I mean. Even if you hate Newman, you like Newman. I mean, and let me say, let me say this real quick. All right, so we we know that this is spoilers, by the way. We're not going to hold anything back. Um, so, in in this movie, when his guys, um, as a kid, I'll remember I was I you know I never cheered deaths or anything like that. Like yeah. like so when he died in the movie, I remember being sad that he died in the movie. I'm like, oh no. You know, I didn't like, you know, he was a despicable character. He's stealing and hurting. And I guess as a kid, I didn't understand it. 13 years old, my understanding was not as as it is today. Uh, yeah. But uh, I just, and even now, today, watching it again, I was like, oh, I hate that he died. You know, I still hate that. I still hate that he died. You know, I, I'm like, oh, man, that's terrible. You know, like, that's a terrible way to die, man. You did oh, yeah. by a dinosaur. <laughs> You know, but that that's you know, Spielberg made you care, even about the evil characters, the despicable characters, the lawyer, Wayne Knight's character. Uh, you know, he made you care about these people, even though they were horrible people. At the end of the day, you know, they were greedy. They, you know, so I, I like that that you cared that he died. <laughs> I actually, I really do. I like that. I cared that he died as well. Um, I mean, as a ten-year-old boy watching this, I was like. I was sad. I was. I was like, "Oh God, these dinosaurs are loose." <laughs> <laughs> these dinosaurs are loose. This is a bad idea, guys. This um, is a terrible idea. Again, uh, Jeff Goldblum says this. Yeah, he he is the audience. Like he is the Greek choir, essentially saying what the audience is thinking. And I love that. Uh, he um, at, at one point I thought in watching this movie, I, I was thinking this would be a really cool attraction at a theme park. Not just like 
Now, I, I, I know that they had some type of Jurassic Park uh, theme park or something like that, but I was thinking, man, no, all of it, like, they yeah. have, like, but you got to sign a waiver or something, but it'd be kind of cool to have people, like, had to come and deal with a T-Rex or had to climb a fence real quick or, you know, just go through all those type of things. If they was able to do that, that'd be kind of cool. All I'm um, hearing is Aaron saying, make Jurassic World a reality. I mean, make Jurassic Park a reality. (laughs) That's all I'm hearing, Aaron. Yeah, I I wouldn't do it. Uh, And this is what, uh, and this is another one I'm thinking about it. This is a question I had for you in watching this, and I wanted to make sure I remembered it, so I want to say it to you now. Okay. Brandon. Yeah. What part of this movie would you have died in? Oh, what part would I have died in? Because let's be real. There's no way me and you surviving to the end, buddy. There's no way we're going to make it. Nah. What part will we die at? Especially today. Today's version <laughs> of, of myself. I would not make it. I would love to say I, I would be the lawyer, but I couldn't run that far. So <laughs> I really couldn't. Um, I'd probably Wayne Knight. I'm probably dying right there. That's probably where I'm gone. Obviously, I'm not gonna start, try to sell the DNA, though. <laughs> but I would, if I'm in that situation, I'm dead. I'm not. All scared. right. I, I, the part where I've died in this movie is so in the car with the kids, and the kid in the car is turned over, and the kids trying to get out the car before it, you know the T-Rex like kills them or whatever. Yeah. And and that and that part where the <laughs> this is what made me think about it. The part where the T-Rex goes through the sunroof and uh, and is trying to bite her, and she the only thing that's keeping her from being killed, them from being killed, is a thin plexiglass <laughs> that's slippery. Uh, yeah, I would have died there. There's no way. There's All no right. way I would have survived. I I'll give died. you a real answer. I'll give you a real answer. Because if I was in this situation, I could not do it. It'd be climbing the electric fence. I would never make it. I don't think I can get over the first rail. I, I think I would make maybe five feet. And so your, your back would have went out. <laughs> your back would have went out. Like yeah, it would have went out. <laughs> but yeah, You've been laying there like I'm gone, guys. Just go, <laughs> just go without me. My goodness, no. And then there's no way I would have survived climbing down a tree. There's no oh. way. It just I know me. I just know me. And I was watching this movie, and I put myself in the – and that's what this movie does, put you in the shoes of the characters. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, this, I would have died here. Oh, yeah, I would have died there. <laughs> you know, and that's all I was seeing is every moment in which I would have died in this movie. Only way for me to survive if I, if I was stuck with Hammond because he is yeah. the safest person in this movie. He is the <laughs> safest person in the movie. He's nowhere near him. And it's the funny part. It's his park, his dinosaurs, and he's nowhere near – the action ever safest part safest one didn't get one cut on them you know the scientists and stuff i assume they left or you know they were safe somewhere but um because we know the one scientist that goes on to be in the jurassic world and stuff yeah um but bd wong is woo yeah bd wong um yeah but yeah man uh so all right so they get to the park they see the dinosaurs uh he meets his kids i love the character between uh uh i i'm just gonna call him sam neil what's his character in the movie alan grant alan grant yeah so dr grant 
Uh, I love the, uh, Dr. Grant being placed with the children because he made it known he doesn't really like children. Yeah. And so, and so he, by the end of the movie, he's caring for these children like they're his own, you know, protecting these children. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, it just, I love how the, how the character, every character in this movie has some type of development in some way or another. Um, this uh, main character is, uh, Ian, Ian, uh, he, uh, Ian Malcolm. Yeah. He, he, uh, his, he evolves a little bit to, although he does something stupid at the very, like, well, like when, uh, Dr. Grant, like takes the flare and he throws the flare. The T Rexes was gonna go to the flare. He was he was heading back over the wall, but then freaking Ian <laughs> lit another flare. I was like, hey, hey. He's like, no, what you what you doing? And uh, he throws it and uh, he's running and he runs to the bathroom and uh, uh, he ends up you know passing out, get well, getting uh, knocked unconscious and stuff. But got the lawyer killed. Gloria would still be alive if he had not yeah, ran that bathroom, man. But, I mean, if I think anyone deserved to die in this movie, uh, it was the lawyer. Hmm. And he was the greediest one of them all. I remember, I, like, I was watching Tuesday night. He's like, we could have a special coupon day. I was like, I can't wait for you to die. <laughs> he he was like, like, and thinking about the lawyer, like when the di- when the T Rex shows up, the lawyer like bounces. He leaves the kids. Yeah, he left he, the kids. He and she she's like he left. He really left us. He really left us. Yeah, he really left the children. And Malcolm and, uh, says, "When you gotta go, you gotta go." <laughs> yeah, Man, must go faster. <laughs> I love, oh, it, I love it, though. I mean, there's so many great lines in this movie. So, I mean, they're so memorable. I mean, it, you take your pick. You know, there's plenty to go around. Um, God bless you. When the, when the, uh, when the uh, one dinosaur sneezes. Um, I, but, you know, I mean, even Sam Jackson has one. And uh, mm-hmm. I said it earlier, but, you know, hold on to your butts. I mean... And he's a minor character, and he has something that that's remembered today. I mean, he even said it in the King Kong movie. Uh, but I just, oh, really? I didn't even realize he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he said it when oh, they were wow. in a helicopter. Hold on to your butts. Oh wow, <laughs> hmm, that's cool, man. I had to pick that up next time I watch it. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and who knew that? I mean, this is a side sidebar, but who knew? that Samuel Jackson would go on to be Samuel freaking L. Jackson, man. He was like a minor, not a throwaway character, but he's just a minor character in this movie that uh, that wasn't famous. This is this is way before Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, so that's when the first, that's the first time he became a little bit more to me than just yeah. Samuel Jackson with Die Hard with a Vengeance. So uh, I think that was like 95, I think. I want to say it is 95. I'm not actually sure what year that was. Um, I remember that was one of the first films I actually saw in theaters, though, was Die Hard with a Vengeance. But I always go to Sam. I always think of Amos and Andrew first with Nicolas Cage. That was, I think, the first time I saw Sam in anything. So, um, you know. Go to, was, what's that? I was going to say, I go to, I go to, uh, I go to Come to America. He plays the uh, guy that, Tries to rob the McDowell's uh, hamburger joint. 
I vaguely remember that. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but I do vaguely remember that scene. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, I just, I feel like, I don't know, you know, there's obviously, when they're, they're, you know, they, they, they stop the ride, the DNA explaining how this happened, you know, because the, they want to see dinosaurs. DNA dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, and Dr. Grant's holding the raptor baby, little, little raptor. And he's like, you breed raptors? <laughs> you know, he, and then, then just the look on his face is like, oh, this is a very bad idea. <laughs> Oh, and also I love the uh, so I love the all right. So I love the part where so when they go into when they first go into like ride right when they get into the cars and they're going on through the park, um, and they say if you look over here you see Dilophosaurus or whatever you know, um, and and so they try to look and they don't see anything. Uh, it reminds me of like whenever you go to the zoo, yeah, and it says this is the enclosement enclosure for a lion or something like that and you look and like i don't see no lions or you know i don't see them anywhere you know uh it's just like it reminded me of that like going to a place where they say you're going to see these things but you don't see it um and uh it just reminded me of a real life situation to me it felt real i would say this movie that's the one thing it does feel it feels when that's that's a credit to spielberg but it feels like it's a real situation. It feels like this park is real. Dinosaurs are back on Earth with men and women and children. And for the very first time, you know, and they will defend themselves if necessary, as Ellie says. <laughs> but it, it just felt so real. And, I, man, I just, for a movie that's been made that many years ago, they still feel real today. It's a credit to... Not only Spielberg, but the cast, you know, the people, the crew, uh, you know, the studio. I mean, everyone that was involved the, did uh, their job poser. perfectly. Absolutely. And, you know, I do want to say this part real quick. Um, another memorable line from this movie is clever girl. <laughs> yep. Bob yeah, Molden. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought and, of uh, you when he said that. Because I, I knew it happened, and I just couldn't remember. I didn't know he said it right before he died. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and I, I know that it's it's a given that he, di- he died. Like, he did yeah. not survive. No. But I always held hope that he survived, but I know he did not survive. There's no way you're going to survive a raptor attack like that, man. Yeah, um, I, had, I held hope that Arnold survived Sam Jackson, because all you saw was his arm. They yeah, never I mean, found the body, you know, but obviously he would have lost blood, a lot of blood, even if he would have survived the attack. Uh, he, no way he would have lived, you know. Yeah. But uh, so in this movie, I know the audience is like, we're all over the place. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's just this movie, man. Like, uh, so you have the characters pretty much split up. You have uh, Dr. Grant splits up with the kids. Uh, you have Laura who uh, goes back with Modoon, right? To uh, back to, I guess, the headquarters. Yeah. Uh, because he's trying to see what they can do for that really sick uh, triceratops. Yeah. That was my. It was my favorite as a kid. Was, well, T Rex and triceratops. Those were my favorite dinosaurs growing up. No lie. Um, 
Those are the only dinosaurs I knew about. I knew about the bronchi- 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 bronchosaurus. Bronchosaurus. Yeah, bronchosaurus, that and yeah. and the T-Rex were my favorites as a, as a child. But I always thought, like, see, I always thought, this is my thoughts. This is as a kid. This is how I thought of dinosaurs. The T-Rex was a big bad guy. And the uh, Triceratops was the good guy. And the Triceratops job is to take out the T-Rex. I don't know where I got that from as a kid, but as a kid, that was in my mind is what happened with dinosaurs. Like like Triceratops was a good dinosaur and the T-Rex was a bad dinosaur. Um, I don't know it's because like the, uh, the, T-re- the Triceratops was a herbivore. Uh, you only eat like grass and things like that. Yeah. And the T-Rex was a carnivore, you know, but and I didn't even realize, and then the bronchosaurus, those are the only ones, and then the, tri- uh, the pterodactyls. Those are the only four dinosaurs I was aware of. I didn't know there was several other dinosaurs, like the pla- pla- the plenteous, the one that has the little spikes on its back. There's those things, and there's things that's in the water. There is so many dinosaurs, man. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of dinosaurs. <laughs> I didn't realize that. As a kid, I, I yeah. wish I knew that. But I didn't realize the and then I didn't realize also that some dinosaurs didn't live at the same time with each other, you know? Yeah. So some things didn't, wasn't in the same time period. You know, I always thought they all were together within the same time period, but they weren't. Yeah. Um, I yeah, do I believe like, dinosaurs existed, by the way. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys to be like, they don't exist. I believe dinosaurs existed. I do. Believe oh, that I, they I believe it too. I mean, I mean, just, you know, all the fossils and all that, but my parents used to buy me like coloring books of dinosaurs, little books to read, uh, the little little toys of dinosaurs. So I was w- very aware of how many dinosaurs there were. Um, but you know, I think I got obsessed with Land Before Time uh, with that movie. That's probably what it was for me. Yeah, that's probably what it was. I remember that movie. And I actually, there's a scene in the when they, when you know, uh, Grant, Ellie, and Malcolm all see the dinosaurs for the first time. That scene actually reminds me of Land Before Time, when as the audience sees the dinosaurs in that movie before everything goes, you know, down, goes south for Littlefoot. But that scene, I don't know if it's just me, but it just reminds me of Land Before Time in the early stages of that movie. But, you know, it was, I mean, it was just a great experience watching this um, all these years later. And I think I watch it just about once a year, it seems. At least the first one. I mean, it, it just, it, it never gets old. No, it doesn't. You know, and the thing about it is, man, uh, I think initially when I was a kid and I watched uh, Jurassic Park, I thought my... I think uh, Carnivorous, the movie that you was talking about, I think those it might came around the same time as Jurassic Park, uh, but it was just or a little bit after. But it tried to, it tried to, uh, uh, what, is, what is it? Piggyback off of Jurassic Park, but uh, but Land Before Time. Um, I remember watching Jurassic Park, thinking. I didn't know anything about live versions or anything like that. Yeah. I didn't know that term. It was a real term. I just thought, oh, this is like Land Before Time. I remember thinking that. Like, this is like Land Before Time. Because I remember uh, uh, Plucky, uh, was it Plucky or Ducky? 
Ducky. And then I remember Ducky, and I remember Littlefoot. You know, uh, Sarah was Sarah. the Triceratops. Yeah, I just remember uh, these. I remember these uh, those characters, and 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 watching this, it was like, oh wow, this is this not that, but this is this is something different. I knew at the time, at 13 years old, watching Jurassic Park, that I was watching something special, and I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, knew watching something that's different. Yeah, it, it was very different. It was groundbreaking for its time. And we haven't – I feel like as far as dinosaur films go, which we don't get a lot of, not good ones anyway. <laughs> um, you know, even the sequels to Jurassic Park, I mean, they haven't felt like this one. Like we were seeing something truly special. I think it's it's one it's one of those once in a generation type films. It doesn't come around often. Lightning in a bottle, as they say, uh, it just doesn't. You don't get that special feeling, you know. At least I don't. Now, I love Jurassic World. I do. I love the nostalgic feel to it and everything. But but I don't get that feeling like I get when I watch Jurassic Park. That specialness, and you know, or the way I watch Jaws or ET or like you said, the Goonies gremlins i don't get that feel but i do love it i just don't get that feeling yeah no yeah you definitely uh don't get that feeling uh you you not not every movie not every movie is this level of film you know what i mean yeah it's not it's hard it's hard to get this level of a film and we were blessed because the 80s, we got several that, that was like that. But, uh, you know, I mean, E.T. was one, Goonies, uh, Gremlins, uh, Ghostbusters for a lot of people was like that. Um, you know, I could go on and on. That, that, that just had it special. It was just special to people. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Fright Nights, that was several people, you know. Uh, as far as horror goes, Lost Boys. I think Lost Boys is special. I don't. Uh, that's just my opinion. But I don't think another vampire film has ever come close to feeling like that. Um, but yeah. for for me, a vampire film, the one that stands out to me that is the most definitive vampire film, uh, it would be Lost Boys. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, like I love. Uh, uh, he, I, I loved um, Fright Night, but Fright Night isn't Lost Voice. It's something about Sutherland. It's something about just everything about that Corey Haim and Feldman, you know. Yeah. So it's just something about that movie that it's like it is the definitive vampire film for that time. I think American Werewolf in Paris, uh, London is a definitive werewolf movie for that time, in my opinion. That's in my opinion. Uh, I think the transformation scene and stuff like that, but, um, but no, none of it. Like, but with Jurassic Park, like you know how you have movies, like you say, Staten, you have a, a one movie that is the uh, cornerstone in which you build the rest of the films just like that yeah. on. Jurassic Park is one of those films. Rocky is one of those films when it comes to boxing. Every boxing movie before and after. Uh, not before, but yeah, before and after has always been compared to Rocky. Yeah. That is the definitive 
boxing film. The very first Rocky film is the definitive one that everything is built on. Uh, it's built off of that. You know, no matter who does whatever, uh, yeah. pay, pay it to the bone or whatever, it's all compared to Rocky. Um, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I so, so and Jaws. Jaws is the definitive shark movie. Yeah. It is the definitive shark movie. Uh, Deep Blue Sea. Any other uh, shark movie is gonna be always compared to Jaws. Every slasher movie is gonna always be compared to Halloween or or, or Friday Thirteenth. It's kind of a different type of genre there because you have several to compare to, but it depends on where the setting is. If it's in the house with a babysitter, it's going to be always compared to Halloween. If it's in the, uh, if it's at a camp or something like that in the woods, the wilderness, it's going to be compared to Jason or, or, Friday, yeah. or Nightmare on M Street, you know, or Friday 13th. But mm-hmm. if it's in like, uh, uh, if it's like a supernatural killer, it's going to be compared to uh, Freddy Krueger and uh, Nightmare on M Street. So you have these movies that is the cornerstone of the whole genre. Um, the Night of Living Dead films is the cornerstone for the zombie films. You have all these things, but when it comes to Jurassic Park, no movie since Jurassic Park, even its sequels, can compare. No, no. movie, none. No. Like I can't think of one. I can, I'm, I'm really trying to rack my brain, Brandon, to think of a, a, a dinosaur movie that's not within the Jurassic Park world that can compare. And I cannot even think one that comes to mind. Seriously, like, like legit dinosaur films. Do not get made unless it's Jurassic Park. Why do it? Yeah. <laughs> There's no point in doing it. It's like, yeah, you can get by with doing another shark movie, or you can get by. Yeah, with I mean, yeah, that, sharks. But... I mean, that's sharks. I mean, you know, I don't. I love shark films, but I want them to be good. I, I hate watching a bad one. I I I do. I hate watching a bad shark. You movie. don't, and and. and, and you don't always get good ones. You don't always get good ones. You have we only in the in the whole realm of shark films, we only have a handful of really good shark movies. I would say I'll go ahead and put in that list Jaws is the first one. Yeah. I um, mean and I put uh I put um uh what is the one um one when she's on that that reef. The shallows. The shallows is the is the second one. Is the best one after after Jaws, and then I would say Deep Blue Sea would be third, and I would say the Meg fourth. Uh, and I don't, it's not none of them after that is worthy to be a fifth. It's just in my opinion. Yeah, I I, I still have Jaws two as number two. Uh, it's a nostalgic thing though. I watched it just as much as I did the original when I was a kid. So. Uh, I haven't watched it in a few years, but you know, I when I was a kid, I loved it. Uh, so uh, it's it's nostalgia, but I agree with you. Uh, Deep Blue Sea, uh, Shallows, The Meg, you know, they they belong there. Uh, they I feel every one of those films tried. Uh, I think Meg was trying to be you know a popcorn film, which it shouldn't have been, but they tried to make something fun and yeah. And I understand to a point, you don't want to make a serious shark film because then you really get compared to Jaws. <laughs> you really, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and they were trying to go the opposite direction. They want didn't want to be compared. You're going to get compared either way you go, though. I mean, either way, you're going to get compared. <laughs> yeah, uh, but and then the only other film that I would throw in there, it's not even a shark movie, would be uh, Crawl. 
I think yeah. that that's, I think even though it's not a shark, I think that that, that design, I would honestly put that right next to Jaws as far as like number two on the list, but it's not a shark movie. So it makes an honorable mention as being like the best creature, water creature movie since Jaws, in my yeah. opinion, is, is Crawl. So I would say that, that definitely is number two. Um, it's definitely the best gator movie I've ever seen. So absolutely, Lake Placid. What? Yeah, seriously. It's like you know, uh, even though I think as a crocodile, but still, it's still it's it's hands down the better film. Uh, but uh, I, I don't want to digress too much from Jurassic Park. Um, but yeah, just Jurassic Park is just one of those movies that stands on its own, and um, and like like you mentioned this briefly before. Every single one of the actors that's in this movie, it just was like magic. You know what I mean? When you get a yeah. cast of people together and they feel genuine, yeah, and it, and it feels real. It feels like they are really people that would be in a situation together. That, you know, at first you didn't know. Like in watching it, I didn't know how to take Ian, Ian uh, Malcolm. I didn't know how to take him. Like in nine in ninety three, watching this movie, I didn't know how to take him. I'm like, because he was wearing all black, like a rock star, but you don't know if he's gonna be a bad character or something. You yeah. Because my think about it, think about it this way, the last time I seen Jeff Goldblum was The Fly, <laughs> and that's what I'm thinking. Oh, that's the dude from The Fly. He's in this movie. Is is he evil? Because I'm thinking in The Fly he was evil, you know. So, um, but. You know, man, he becomes one of my favorite characters. He becomes a heroic character, um, and uh, and it just and then, like you said, part two is just his film. But that's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, his film. But yeah, man, uh, just I love every character together, man. I think that they jailed. Uh, like, there's nobody in that movie, and I'm turning it back over to you. But there's nobody in this movie that I would substitute out for someone else. I think everybody in this film fits where they need to fit yeah i i have to agree uh and i actually like the the banter between grants and malcolm before everything went you know went south because because they they're, they're very two different type of characters and uh you know grants the more serious one you know malcolm's the the funny one but he's all about chaos theory <laughs> you know and i i love i just love him uh, and of course, he's he gives the line about, yeah, your scientists did did it, but they didn't sit to think, sit and think if they should, you know. I mean, I know it's not exactly how the quote goes, but still, I mean, he questions everything Hammond does in this movie. He he questions everything, and he, he keeps giving that look like you yeah. know I'm right, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think he even says that, like I hate to say, I told you so. Or something like that. But yeah, he even says that dinosaurs had their shot and nature decided to wipe them off, you know, to kill them off. And, you know, he I feel that Malcolm's the common sense of this movie. <laughs> he says, I think he even says, uh, I might get the quote wrong, uh, Marks, if I'm getting it wrong, I apologize. But he says, uh, God creates man. No, God creates dinosaur. God destroys dinosaur. God creates man. 
man creates dinosaur, man destroys, uh, then dinosaur destroys man, or something like that. He's, he's saying essentially, uh, essentially mm-hmm. saying that man should not play God, you know? Yeah. Uh, that man shouldn't try to do that. Like, like Nick ties into what you said, like, you can do this, but you never thought, should you do this? And, um, and like when he's talking about the chaos theory, and he takes the little cup of water and the dripple, uh, the little uh, drip of water running down uh, Laura's uh, hand in one direction, that direction. He's saying you can't predict. Yeah. And it, and this is what this whole movie is. You like you take this little drip uh, drip of water and put it on your hand, and it goes this way, and then you do it again, hoping to get the same effect, but it goes a different way. You can't predict it because the hand has the hairs on your hand has now, uh, uh, you know, designed the way in which the other drip of water is going to go essentially. So, by man taking dinosaurs and creating dinosaurs, what effect do you think that you was going to get? You can't control. It's like it's like taking a wild animal and trying to tame the wild animal to put it in a zoo or to display for other people to see. What effect did you think you're going to get? When you take King Kong from Skull Island, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And try to bring him to uh, New York or whatever. What effect, what do you think is going to happen? See, I think in that moment, you're not thinking. You're just thinking of what the reactions you're going to get from people. uh, And the profit you're going to make. Yeah, the profits you're going to make as well. That's probably more so. It's the money you're going to make off of this. Uh, you don't think of what happens if he gets loose. <laughs> yeah. You, know? you don't have a plan for that. Like, you don't, oh, he won't get loose. Yeah, but it, it's King Kong, you know, is in a sense, is very similar to Jurassic Park. Um, especially you get to that because you're, you're, you're putting him in, you're taking him away from his habitat. And put him in unknown territory. There's only one reaction he's gonna have. <laughs> he's gonna create havoc, and that's exactly what the dinosaurs do when they get loose. They create havoc, especially that T Rex. <laughs> oh man, and uh, that T Rex. Um, so the reveal of the T Rex. I know we had we've been we bounced around, but the reveal of the T Rex was great. Like yeah. you, you first you hear first you uh, see the uh, the uh, tremors. Uh, the, the, it is um, uh, uh, Doctor Ian Malcolm said it. I don't. I forgot what he called him, but it's the essentially it's tremors. But the tremors is because something large is coming and making the world making the ground shake and tremor. It's not yeah. an earthquake. It's not you know. So first they heard it and they thought. Uh, is that the what? Is that the power trying to come back home? But no, what it is is uh, a T Rex walking, <laughs> walking across the plane, um, and uh, and then you start seeing this this electric fence that's off, right? Mm-hmm. You start seeing the uh, the thing just like pop away, like like pop pop pop, like it's nothing. Yeah. Like, it's a fence, man, and it, and then like the the goat is down, and then you see the leg of the goat, and then um, and then like the kids, I don't know what possessed her to get the light. Uh, that little boy's so smart, <laughs> but I don't know what possessed her to get the light, and um, fear. Shine the, 
Yeah, fear, I guess. But yeah. man. It's all it could have been. She was scared. She didn't know what she was doing. She don't and know she doesn't know about dinosaurs. She don't know nothing about dinosaurs. And the brother says, no, 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 no. Don't put the light on. Turn the light off. Um, but I am glad they are coming back for the new film. Yeah. Uh, I would say she has some type of PTSD. Both of them probably have some type of The little yeah. boy seemed like he's okay, though. He, he thought it was all cool. He's <laughs> like, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I... You know, that scene all together, it's just when she's flashing the light into the T-Rex's eye, oh my God. I was like, I mean, if I'm in that situation, oh man, I, I've probably peed myself. I peed myself. and pooped myself. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm just dead. There is no way. There is no way I would survive that. I know me. I would not have survived. I would not. I would not have survived, man. I just. Know, I know me, and uh, and no sense of running. It's a T Rex. Where are you gonna run to? Like literally, you can't outrun a T Rex. I love that little scene where he's there in the jeep again, and uh, and it says objects in a mirror may appear bigger, larger than they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just oh man, um, the uh, now I love how. Whenever we get past the T-Rex, because the T-Rex was a big predator that they had to deal with. Uh, but then the Velociraptors. And I love the payoff. See, at the beginning, it's like uh, the beginning is, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, uh, not a precursor, but you know what I'm saying? It's uh, like a premonition almost. or yeah, It's like a setup uh, for what's going to happen later on in the movie. So, you know, when uh, Dr. Grant is talking about, um, he's talking about the, you know, how the T, how the Velociraptors, how they hunt. Yeah. You know, one of them is coming from the front. Two of them is on the side. Typically they hunt in packs and this is how they attack you and this is what they do and they're very smart, things like that. All that pays off when you see the Velociraptor. And, and that's the first time uh, Brandon, I even learned about raptors, velociraptors. I didn't realize how deadly they like. I never heard of them until that movie, and I'm like, man, those things are crazy. Like they were apex predators, velociraptors. Yeah, yeah. I, I had always heard of them. Uh, I had seen them, like pictures of them. They didn't look all that, you know, scary. I didn't know how they hunted though until this movie. Uh, had no idea. How they hunted, because they're they're so small. You you wouldn't think they would you know be so deadly, but yeah, they they hunt like a pack of wolves. So <laughs> so that is that's a benefit to them. So you know, because they are so small. But yeah, watching them on screen, that is some that's suspense. That, that that really is. You know, you think the T Rex is scary, but. You, as a child being hunted by these creatures. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's terrifying. And they're relentless too. Yeah. And they uh, don't give up and they're very smart. They can unlock doors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The moment that it opens the door, I'm like, Oh, I'm dead. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, I'm dead. Like, how can you, how can you prepare for that? You can't prepare for a freaking dinosaur opening the door. You can't prepare for that. No, no, you, the very intelligent creatures 
or were in, intelligent creatures. I am this. I mean, I'm glad that this movie took the time for, for the raptors, especially because you they did set it up in the beginning how they hunted and and, and Doctor Grant was going to come face to face with that in the end. <laughs> so it was a nice setup for not just his character and not, not just their character, but the connection. You know, he was going to truly understand more than he already knew how they hunted. I love that. I love that about, you know, about his character and how much he knew about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just, it was, it was so intriguing to watch it play out on screen. It really was. And, and I love the, um, I love at the end. So they are essentially in the uh, museum portion of, of uh, Jurassic Park. And uh, the the raptors look like they're about to get the best of them, like they're gonna kill them. Yeah. But then the biggest, a, the apex predator of dinosaurs shows up, not as a good guy, not as a hero, but just it just happened to be there, and it, and it kills the the raptor. It just and it's not that the and it's not and that's one thing that is different about this movie than from like uh, Lost World. Uh, so in Lost World, they it's it's almost as if they make the T Rex like a good guy, you yeah. know, like you know, you know what I'm saying? Like she she gets the flare and she like it gets him to come over and take out the uh, whatever the heck they created. Like, and I'm gonna talk to you about that too. But um, they get him to take out that. And uh, world. Yeah, yeah, but but in Lost World, you got me confused. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about Jurassic World. Okay. Jurassic World had uh, the T-Rex. I don't know. It was the big, the big thing in Lost World. I forgot what that was. I don't think it's the T-Rex. Um, yeah, there was, there was. It came to San Francisco. The main plot for that for the T-Rex was they 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 tried to kidnap the its baby. So yeah, it was just wanting its but, baby back. Yeah, but this is the same T-Rex. From the like the one in Jurassic World, the T Rex at the end of Jurassic World is the same T Rex from Jurassic Park. It is yeah. that same one. It's just it's aged. It actually still has the scars from its fight with the raptors and things like that. It has all that when the raptors uh, climbed on his back and stuff like that, and yeah. it was nipping at him. It was the same one. Uh, but it, what what it is, man, is um, in that movie it felt like they made that one like uh, unofficial good guy you know whereas in this movie it's not that the rap it's not that the uh t-rex was a good guy in jurassic world or jurassic park it's not that the t-rex was a good guy the t-rex is just hungry and just <laughs> just having to eat the raptors and that's and it left time for the humans to escape you know what i'm saying yeah uh, like because the t-rex would have if they finished the raptors he would turn around and ate the humans too Cause you know, it's the T Rex. Yeah, I think he. Uh, I love how it was shot, though. I love that aspect to the end. Uh, the T Rex. He. I mean, he's not meant to be the hero, but he is the hero, and essentially, I mean, he's he saves them without. You know, he's not he's not trying to save them, but you know, it's a just a coincidence. You know, it happened that way. But I love that. I love that. 
they escape and you, you see the T-Rex killing the raptors and he roars at the end. Uh, it was just saying, this is, I'm the king of my jungle, <laughs> you know, yeah. essentially. And, then, and, then, and the banner falls down, dinosaurs yeah. walk the earth. Um, I loved that whole scene. It, it makes me feel good to watch that, 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 that really play is. out like that. And man, it was just, oh man, it gave me goosebumps. Even um, Tuesday night watching it again just gives me goosebumps watching that. So, uh, real quick, uh, going to the other film, so Lost World, uh, it was a different, and I'm just doing this to understand. So, Lost World is another park that they had yeah. set up somewhere that uh, that pretty much was forgotten about. Yeah, it was, was the other park, yeah. And then Jurassic uh, Park 3, was that the original park or was that? No, it was the park from part two. Because uh, uh, Alan Grant says that's site B. I was on site A. I've never been here before. But Malcolm has. <laughs> and he doesn't yeah. say that, but Malcolm had. Even, you know. So, yeah, there was two sites. They took him to the wrong site. <laughs> okay. And then in Jurassic World, uh, they actually built – to address world on to uh, I don't I, it's not B but they had another part in there but it was close enough to A because they were able to at one point go to A yeah and, and they was able to go to A and B one no they went to A they didn't go to B I think, I, I'm not mistaken I think B comes back into play in the Lost Kingdom if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, which I'm one not, had the terrarium with the uh, the, the the pterodactyls? Was that in, was that in Lost Kingdom? Yeah, I thought that was in this other one too. But I, it's okay. I I told I'm gonna go back and watch all of them. That's what's gonna happen. Facts. But uh, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Ultimately, uh, I just wanted to kind of uh, connect the tissues there to see where these sites are, are, you know, like you see, you know, well, where ultimately though, it doesn't make sense because the Spinosaurus wasn't in the lost world, you know, and he, he's on site B. So it, it part three just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, the redheaded stepchild. You just, you really have to ignore that film. Uh, yeah, you really do. But I still watch it just to watch it. Cause me, I have to watch them in order. Yeah. Um, but real quick, uh, before we get to our scores, I guess, or if you have anything else. Uh, so, man creates dinosaur in Jurassic Park. Bad idea. Park, uh, because it's one man tries to escape and he cuts off all the power. Dinosaurs was able to get out of their habitats and wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. And, and chaos in the park. And we love that. Um, <laughs> so that's what happens. And so in the other ones, not this one, but Jurassic World, let's go ahead and skip to that one. Man decides to create a brand new dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. One that has a visibility <laughs> or is able to, you know, camouflage itself. Where in the world is that a good idea? It's not a good idea. It's never a good idea. Like, why would you make that? 
there is no reason to give that back. There's no reason to do that. And then, like, I, I don't remember Jurassic World of Fallen Kingdom. I, I forgot what that one is. But why? Why do you That's keep making the, them? It's the volcano. that they're, they're going to rescue the dinosaurs. But the, it's a setup all the way through. Uh, because they're, they're, they want them rescued, but they want them rescued because they want to sell them. It's just, a, it's, a, I feel the Fallen Kingdom is just a terrible plot. It's just a terrible plot. And I enjoyed most of it, but when you get to the auction part, it is, it falls completely apart. Cause that, of all the bad ideas they've had in this franchise, that is the absolute worst. From the perspective, uh, okay, yeah. I was going to ask from the perspective of just auction of dinosaurs. Yeah, I mean, who would do that? Who in their right mind would auction off man-eating dinosaurs? And and what and and who and how would you? How would you? How would you keep? How would you? Like, how would you keep it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they, the, the, I, mean I know the plan. They were going to use them as weapons, you know, but still, if you haven't learned anything from since the park opened, <laughs> you don't even have to go back to Jurassic Park. You can just go to Jurassic World. Just watch any movie. It's never a good idea to use animals and or robots as weapons because ultimately they would turn on you. Yeah. That's in every, like, Literally every movie, and and I heard that there's somebody somewhere trying to really create dinosaurs, bring them back like a scientist somewhere. Dude, stop! Don't do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> it's, you you've seen there's like now, I don't know what five one one two one two three four five six movies to tell you to not do that. Yeah, right. five movies. Five movies uh, to tell you to not do that. Don't do it. Don't create dinosaurs. You idiot. Um, but yeah, all right. Um, you ready for the scores? Or is there anything else you want to say about J- JP? Uh, I'll just add that I really, you know, when Hammond's looking back before he gets on the helicopter, you know, the heartbreak in his eyes, you know, because he did want to do good. He wanted everyone to experience this, and it, it, the way it falls apart, you can just, man, it broke his heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved that, and, you know, seeing how much he cared at the end of the day, I mean, um, and I love when they actually get on the helicopter, and they, they, they're they flying off, and the score hits, and it's just, man, all the feels in the world. <laughs> You, just, you see just, pelicans. I guess they're pelicans. I don't know what they are, but you see those. Uh, and, you know, it's funny because, like, part of the you're used to seeing dinosaurs. Like, they've been in, we've been in this park, and everything we've seen was a dinosaur. You know, uh, you didn't see like natural only natural animal that's not a dinosaur you've seen in the park, other than what's being fed to the dinosaurs, is the snake <laughs> that was like crawling around. Uh, while um, well, uh, Newman was getting eaten, but um, when you see the regular birds flying near the uh, heli- the chopper, 
you know that you're outside of the park and you kind of feel a style relief to just see nature from today. Yeah. And that's how I felt when I, that part, like I felt the relief that the characters must have felt. And you're right. You do feel, I didn't think about that, Brandon. I'm glad you brought that up. You, you're right. You do feel bad for, for Mr. Hammond um, because it was his dream. And it wasn't a malicious dream in the movie. It wasn't a malicious dream. It was a magical dream. His grandson loves dinosaurs. He thought, man, let me create a park full of dinosaurs um, for people to enjoy. But then also, you see in Jurassic World, they're saying, at that point in life, dinosaurs is a common thing. They know about dinosaurs. So to keep people coming to the park, you need a little bit more than just to say you have dinosaurs. Yeah. Comes a gimmick now uh, at that point. You're just trying to make something that's going to make you money. It's a gimmick. It ain't about the magic anymore, you know, of making dinosaurs. It's, just, it's about making monsters. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think it's what they said, actually. Yeah. It, it is the dumbest idea in the history of dumb ideas. <laughs> it is a dumb idea. Um, all right. Uh, well, you ready to give the scores? Yeah. Should be fairly right. easy. <laughs> well, I'm going to give it a five markouts out of five. Uh, it is, it is a masterpiece of a film. Uh, you can't go wrong in it. Uh, everything, even today watching it again, uh, not today, but just like here recently watching it again, I wasn't bored anytime in this movie uh, um, was like taking on a ride and I'm um, with the characters and just, and it's like, uh, you said this before about other things, Brandon, it's like revisiting old friends, old family that you've yeah. seen in a while. And you just love just be, spending that little two hours and so with them, you know? Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's a five for me as well. Five markouts. Uh, it's it's the perfect dinosaur film. Uh, it's the perfect uh, adventure film with magic, with suspense. You know, uh, all the characters grow throughout the movie. Uh, you know, there, there's growth there. The dinosaurs grow as well. Their characters, you know, you, you know, certain characters you feel for, but you know, you, I don't know. It just it's one of those films that I feel truly only comes around once in a generation. And you just, you crave it, man. Every time you see it, you, you enjoy something more about it. it. It just, it touches you, you know, it, you just, you feel basically you feel makes you feel. It gives you the feels. It gives yeah. you the feels. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it is what it is, man. Uh, yeah. And I, would, our... I was going to just say this real quick. I think, you know, as far as a filmmaker, Spielberg, I, I don't feel, I think this was the pinnacle of Spielberg film. That this was, a, okay, he could do no wrong. I mean, you could probably make five mistakes in his earlier work. Not many, but in this one, I do think it's a perfect film. It's a f perfect contrast you know of adventure suspense comedy horror 
horror yeah. there's horror elements yeah i mean it's just nothing outshadows the other thing it's just it's it's a nice balance perfect balance at that i mean i feel this movie he was hitting on all cylinders <laughs> as a filmmaker in this movie absolutely it is his uh is this his um magnum opus this is his great greatest work uh like and he's this is a man that has so many great works it's just crazy yeah the amount of films that this guy has under his belt and this movie is just like in my opinion is if we if we had to do a list of just spielberg movies uh the rest of the part would probably be it will probably be number one on my list honestly uh and there's a lot of like but uh, like the man's uh, cinema, uh, movie reel is uh, is man, it's, it's something. And not only the ones that he did, but the things that he had a hand in that I consider Spielberg movies. You know, he might not have directed it, but you felt him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Richard Donner did Goonies, but you feel Spielberg all over Goonies. You feel him. Uh, he's, he's the producer, and I think he, I think when he produces something as well. I think he doesn't just produce it and goes and sits around, sits away somewhere and be quiet, right? I yeah. think when Spielberg produces something, I think he's still hands-on with it. I think he's still part of every bit of the movie, um, and and that's just a credit to his vision. That's why you can watch a movie; it might have a Dick Donner's name on it, or might have Chris Columbus's name on it, or something like that, and you feel like this feels like Spielberg. You know what I'm saying? You could watch and be like, feels like Spielberg. I think you like here here's just a quick example. Uh like the Transformer series. He's got like a producer credit on all of them. But if you watch that first one and you watch the rest, there's a big difference in those films compared to that first mm-hmm. movie. Uh I think he I think he helped Michael Bay in that first movie. I think he helped him a lot. Uh but you know that's just my that's my opinion it's my theory on it i i I can't prove that he did more on the original than the others but it just feels different when you go back and rewatch the other sequels and uh who's uh spielberg's apprentice the young uh director that is i consider him like like, oh jj abrams jj abrams yeah i feel like he's spielberg's apprentice uh because you could see that he learned much from Spielberg, you know, in his yeah, film. they uh, they worked on Super Eight together. Yeah, and and you and and that movie felt like Spielberg, you know. I think he is Spielberg. I think it's Steven Spielberg's Super Eight, or but J.J. Abrams does he did have directing credit or producing? Like one uh, of J.J. has the directing credit. Uh, Spielberg has the producing credit. Yeah, but don't you feel it? Don't you feel? I felt it. Like, like, it didn't it feel like, like it felt like ET? It felt like a, another ET. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, that's it, why I own that movie, by the way, because it's just, it was a great movie. It was a great movie. The kids felt real. Uh, the little inanimate object felt real. You know, it just felt like, uh, man, just, you, you feel it. Yeah. I think, I think they've worked on several stuff together, but, that one is probably the best known. Uh, you know, it does feel like a Spielberg film. Uh, but J.J. was inspired by Spielberg, like like a lot of people are. Like, But J.J. really, I hate to 
throw in basketball here, but, you know, Spielberg's like Michael Jordan and J.J.'s like Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that truly tries to go out and be Michael and play like Michael, you know, or direct like Spielberg. You know, other people are inspired by it, but they don't dare to go out and try to be Spielberg. I think J.J. does, and I give him all the credit in the world for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why, uh, personally, personally, I know we're getting off topic and I apologize, but personally, that's why I wished J.J. spent the rest of the time on the Star Wars films, like what is, because the first one felt like, a, even though it was Abrams, but it felt like Abrams, but with a hint of, with a hint of Spielberg, like the magic they captured in the first one they did. Um, and then like the second one, wasn't him it was someone else but felt like someone else you know what i'm saying but then the third one felt like abrams again but it but it just at that point it's when you have it's like having spielberg direct indiana jones but then have somebody else direct this one and then somebody else direct this one you know what i'm saying it just yeah it 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 doesn't feel the same you know what i mean because it's not gonna feel the same uh, Indiana's definitely not going to feel the same without Spielberg. No, no, no. no. Definitely. Uh, we could see that. No, it doesn't. But, yeah. But it does have a good uh, filmmaker, James Mango from uh, uh, Wolf, not Wolverine, but uh, Logan. So, but it's going to feel different, too. Mm-hmm. It's got to. I mean, but. I'm okay you know. with it feeling different. I'm okay. But but part of it's going to. I know. I'm sorry. I know the marks is like, guys. But, uh. A uh, part of me is like, I'm okay with them doing that. But then part of me wants, like you said, we're fans of these movies. So we want to see the nights. We want to see the fandom uh, yeah. that comes. So I want to feel like I'm watching Indiana Jones. I don't want to feel like I'm watching something else. I know Harrison, God bless him, is phoning it in these days. You know, just, uh, he's like pretty much like, yeah, hey, I'm getting paid, man. That's all I'm here for. Um, that's what he said on Fallon because Jimmy asked him, Did you feel did you feel like uh Han Solo again? Did you cry? Did you have any emotion at all? He said, Jimmy, I got paid. <laughs> just it's funny, but it's sad at the same time. Because it's no like he's not emotional about these characters he plays. Uh, I mean, maybe that's just how Harrison is. I don't know. I don't know him. So I, but if it would have been me. I would have had some emotion playing a character I haven't played in 30, 40 years ago. You know, I would have some yeah. kind of emotion there. And Epic, uh, and Harrison Ford, hats off to the guy. He has two iconic characters under his belt uh, yeah. with uh, Han Solo and with Indiana Jones. Uh, he just, he has two iconic characters under his belt. And, and, and there's got to be redemption for Indiana because Crystal Skull, wasn't my favorite of the Indiana Jones films. Um, you know, I didn't hate it, but I just didn't like it. I didn't love it. That's all I'm saying. Um, but I, I had no issues with it uh, myself. But that was around the time I actually, that was actually the time I actually started watching Indiana Jones. I didn't grow up watching it. So uh, I had never seen it before. And I watched them in order. So I was like, oh. It could still feel like Indiana Jones to me. It, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't bothered by the alien thing. I, I was actually fascinated by that. Cause if, it's in the 50s, I believe, or early 60s. 
around the time the UFOs were supposedly coming down. So, I mean, it, it kind of made sense to me. But, but I'm also an alien-type fan, so <laughs> that has probably something to do with it. I can see yeah. most, al- not alien fans, but most Indiana Jones fans being like, why is aliens involved with Indiana Jones? You know, I can see both points of view. Right. But, you know, I mean, I I don't throw away the character. I don't throw away anything. Um, I'm just excited to see him. But, yeah, as far as Spielberg, man, um, these days I haven't really seen much that he directed. I can't think of. I know he's still making stuff. But I don't recall the last movie I saw. The last seen. two, I believe he he's done as a filmmaker. Well, no, because he he well, he did BFG, which I really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, that's, I he, saw that. I did enjoy it. Then he did a movie with Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep about the Nitsen, you know, controversy. I forget, the Post, I think. I didn't yeah, I see it. Seen I typically don't rush out to see his serious dramas <laughs> so uh so i didn't see that but then he did really were you gonna hate it a few well I, 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 okay yeah so yeah because um for one i really did enjoy ready player one i own it and uh and i, I liked it. it felt like spielberg yeah uh, i know a lot of people crapped on it and i read and i didn't read it i did an audiobook of ready player one it is different from the movie but the movie, and I said this in my review on our on our channel, uh, that the movie still was the better one to me, is because it just had that nostalgic to me. You know, that's what he does. If I don't know if people just don't know it, he makes changes to books, but he makes proper changes. He changed Jaws, made it better. Changed Jurassic Park, made it better. So. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt that he changed something serious, big in Ready Player One, but I also feel like he probably made the right call with his. Yeah, book. he did. He, he totally made the right call, and um, uh, and because Ready Player One, the book goes into a more darker place than the the movie does, you know. Which yeah. he made it for anyone like a kid can go watch that movie, uh, and the kid, uh, uh, the kid and us will watch that movie. Be like. I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, look, there's the Battletoads. I'm like, there's Chucky. There's Freddy Krueger. There's Robocop. You know, I'm marking out left and right and watching yeah. this movie, watching every frame of this movie to see what I'm seeing. And then I'm like, The Shining? I'm like, oh, yes, that is proper. Uh, I just loved everything about that movie. Um, but as far as, like, uh, uh, there's another thought I had about the uh, about Spielberg's films. You mentioned his serious stuff. Uh, now, we will have a serious movie coming up. Not next week, because next week we have 13 Ghosts. Right, Brandon? Right. <laughs> Brandon choosing 13 Ghosts. I am. I am choosing it. I'm, I didn't. It's it's kind of one of those films like Ghost Ship. I don't remember too much about it. But I remember not liking it as much as other people. But so we, I'm, Grown we a lot. That series, second chance cinema. <laughs> yeah, it's second chance, and, and I, I really want to give these old horror films, like from the early two thousands, a second view. Because I, I ended up liking Ghost Ship this time around. I hated the last twenty minutes, but overall, I was 
I was into it, you know. But by the way, if y'all want to hear Brandon's review of Ghost Ship, it's up right now on our on our uh, Anchor Anchor.fm uh, page. Also, it's, you know, where our podcast is a little bit everywhere. You just Google us. But yeah, you can hear Brandon's thoughts on that. Uh, he also has a Designated Survivor, right? Did you get that up? Yeah, season two and season three. Yeah. Um, and, and I have um, horror section, uh, the burning. That's up. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I like second chance cinemas, man. We we watched that movie, and like you said, it's it's us giving it another shot. It's a movie that it doesn't always have to be horror, but it's a movie that we watched and we initially probably didn't like. You know, didn't didn't care for it, and it's willing to give another chance. Another movie that I want to do that too is a Spielberg movie. AI, artificial intelligence, because it was Kubrick and Spielberg. You know, Kubrick started, Kubrick died, Spielberg finished it. And so I remember as when I watched that movie, not as a kid, but like in my, my 20s or, you know, whatever, 19, yeah. 20 years old. Um, I remember watching that and thinking, oh man, just, I don't, I don't like this. Like I liked it up until I felt when Spielberg took over. And I felt Spielberg taking over, and I didn't like it because it felt like a jarring. But I'm interested to go back and watch it and see if it's aged and see if um more if I like it this time. So second second chance cinema debuts officially next week. Yeah, I don't. I I, I vaguely remember that movie. It's Haley Joe Osment, right? Yeah, I don't okay. own it at all. I don't. I don't own know it. if I do or not. Uh, I. I've seen it, but I, I I don't I don't remember what I thought. <laughs> and that's a bad thing not to remember what you actually thought. Uh, but well, it it came out. I think I might be wrong, man. But it came out around the same time as Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams. Yeah, I remember and that I think, one more. And I think I remember liking Robin Williams Bicentennial Man more than AI. Yeah, I, I probably did too. I always like to show favoritism to, towards Robin, though. So <laughs> yeah, it's Robin. I mean, it is yeah. what it is, right? Uh, yeah, God rest your soul. Happy but belated birthday. Before you said that about Kubrick, uh, I did not know he directed the first half of that movie. I thought it was all Spielberg. But I did it notice was, the was, changes. I do remember the change, the tone changed. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably what took me out. <laughs> like yeah, that's I, said, what it is. I vaguely remember it. It goes like when Spielberg took, took over it, it felt like you, it's almost like you can really feel the difference because Kubert, Kubert, uh, Kubert is typically distant and cold, right? Like mm-hmm. that's how his films feel to me. Uh, if his eyes wide shut, if it's shining, whatever the movie is, it doesn't feel happy. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel happy. It doesn't feel. It feels like a cold and distant yeah. movie. It might be visually stunning, but it feels cold and distant. I think the only Spielberg, one I've seen is The Shining of his. Uh, I've seen Shining. I've seen Eyes Wide Shut. I've never seen, seen that AI. one. Yeah. And I wasn't fully on board on Tom Cruise then, so. Oh, I'm fully. I'm not fully bored on Tom Cruise, but okay. <laughs> but <laughs> and, and, and that movie looked like a porn too. So I mean, oh, it, some it it. It'll be tame by today's standard, but it was really raunchy for its time. Um, but yeah, is that what caused the like, divorce? Probably. 
if not that, it's the, uh, the other thing that I'm not going to mention because they might be fans of the show and I don't want them to leave us. I don't know Thank what's going on. <laughs> I haven't you know seen what I mean. Movie. I don't know what's but going anyway. on. But, <laughs> but anything else you want to say to the people? Uh, anything else coming up? Uh, you know, I I know 13 Ghosts. Um, I'm really excited to watch that again. Uh, I think the reason I didn't like it the first time is because I couldn't take Tony Shalhoub serious. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, he, he did Monk. I don't know if he was doing Monk at the time, but I know no, he did. Uh, he did Wings. I knew him as Antonio. So um, I just could not take him serious in that role. He did Galaxy, he did Galaxy Quest. Um, yeah. Men in Black, he, he popped up there. He did pop up in there. I forgot that. He got his head blown off. Yeah. Do you uh, know how much that stings? Also, uh, Matthew Lillard and uh, Shannon Elizabeth. I just it, it felt like an odd cast. Yeah, Raw Diggers in that movie. There's no reason for Raw Digger to be in that movie. I'm sorry, Raw Digger. She's a rapper. She was with Buster Rhymes. She's a Buster Rhymes apprentice almost. Like and it is with, a serious horror film, right? It's 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 not like a yes. comedy. Uh, I would say that it has some comedic elements. I okay, mean, okay. Uh, Dark Castle, Dark Castle, like, I don't know what Ghost Ship, I hadn't seen that so long, but Dark Castle had a tendency to have some type of comedy sprinkled in their horror. Uh, like, well, with I mean, yeah, that's, Hill. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but it wasn't, like, supposed to be funny, funny, like, you know, like a spoof or something before no. it's time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just had a hard time with Tony Shalhoub being serious. But now I've seen him in other stuff. I may, I probably will have a different opinion on this movie, because uh, I, I, I typecast him and I shouldn't have. <laughs> Bad, Brandon. Well, I was guilty of that. Yeah, that's well, cool. I didn't think he could be serious, you know. You know, but Tony's actually really a really good actor. So, yeah. Uh, but um, uh, as far as anything else coming up this week, I may have a book review, but if not. I probably don't have anything. Yeah, I don't, I, it's going to be a light week for us. I feel like we'll probably just have 13 Ghosts, uh, uh, Second Chance Cinema. Please, Brandon, remind me. That's what we're going to call it. Um, Second Chance Cinema, <laughs> sir. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we're, we have the debut of that series, which uh, is different from Does It Hold Up. Does It Hold Up is something that we liked initially. And then looking at it again to see if we still like it, you know, if it yeah. still holds up, you know, but second gen cinema is something that we didn't like initially and watching it again to see if, if it's now grown on us. So, uh, but yeah, so it's going to be a light week, but I, I enjoyed uh, talking to you. I know we probably went longer than we wanted to, but it's Jurassic Park and Spielberg. So it's, he's, he's a, he's a major guy. So, you, you know, you don't get bigger than Spielberg. You just, you just don't. Oh, real quick. I heard the story about how Spielberg uh, started directing. All right, so his first movie is Duel. Uh, yeah. And uh, it was essentially, people say it's Jaws with a car. Um, and uh, so, you know, we you see that. But then, but what, what he did was he would, I heard this, I don't know how true this is, but I heard that he would show up every day at the studio. Like, I don't know if it's Universal or whatever, but he would show up at the studio and um, with a briefcase and stuff like he belonged there. And he would just keep walking in like he belonged there. Yeah, it's, it's And nobody true. would ever stop him. 
Yeah. yeah he, he's, he's told his story in uh, some documentaries behind the scenes of certain films. Yeah. He's, he's I think Jaws was one of them he told the story in. Yeah. So yeah. I've heard him say this, actually. So Yeah. So it's, it's cool because, you know, this guy who is also, uh, I want to say this, uh, Spielberg is, um, he has uh, dyslexia. Uh, so this guy, uh, I say that to people that might be listening to this that has dyslexia or any type of uh, ASD or any type of ADHD, uh, like my myself or whatever. Yeah, you can still do major things. He didn't let his dyslexia get in the way of him writing some of the best scripts and directing some of the greatest movies of all time. Um, so I, I say that because here at the Market Movie Podcast, we want you to know that you do matter. And what if you have a vision, Brandon has a vision of writing and, and stuff like that. And so he does it and I'm glad he does it. And I have a vision of directing and editing and I try to do it. Uh, but if you have that vision, man, to do something like that, do it, man. Don't let no type of uh, disability or anything or, or outside People saying you can't do it, stop you from doing it, because you can do it, man. Spielberg, uh, Spielberg did it. Uh, Stephen King did it with, you know, he, he didn't think Carrie was going to be good. He threw it away. And somebody saved it, you know, and got it published for him. Yeah. Look at him now. So do it, man. Don't don't let people get in your head. Don't let people talk, talk you down. Just do it, man. You Y'all can do it. Anything you want to do, you can do it. Yeah, I agree with that. Every bit of that. You you owe you owe it to yourself to try anyway. I mean, bet on yourself. It's the best advice I could ever give anyone. You know, bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. Amen. You never know, man. You never know. Even if you do it just to be doing it by, um, like Brandon said something to me and it stuck with me the other day. I showed him a picture of his own uh, software that I used to write screenplays. And then he said, well, you should use it again. And that stuck with me. I'm like, well, yeah, why don't I use it again? Why don't I just load it in my computer and just see what happens, you know? Um, yeah. Because, you know, it's about doing it, man. Like, Brandon, I'm, and I want to say this to you, and I'm not saying this to blow smoke or anything. I'm proud of you by stepping up and, and sending out stuff and trying to write again and coming up with ideas. Uh, and being creative, man, because I think you're one of the most creative people I know. I love your, I love reading your reviews. I love listening to your reviews. Um, and I'm right there along with you, you know, just listening and enjoying it. Only reason why I didn't listen to Designated Survivor, because I plan on watching this show one day and I don't want to be spoiled. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to spoil season two. I had no way about it. I mean, it just Michael J. Fox is in the show. So I had to explain why he was in the show. Oh really? Yeah, he comes in the last five episodes, and he he oh, lights so, every. It's just it's magic watching him work. Is, it, is that spoil? It must be spoilers for me too now. So now I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> you don't know who he is though. I didn't tell you who he was. <laughs> I know, but I didn't know he was gonna be in. That's like every time I see Michael J. Fox pop up in anything these days, I'm like, yay! Yeah, he. Yeah, I don't know how big. I'm a huge. I, I'm God forbid it happens. It doesn't happen anytime soon. But I'm a huge. Michael J. Fox fan, and I pray that he has health, and that um, that maybe one day they can get a cure for Parkinson's and stuff. Because I love Michael J. Fox, 
and that I'm dreading that day. I'm just gonna say, yeah, I'm dreading the day. It's it's gonna be a John Candy type of day for me. I'm dreading. And he it, so. has a, you know, we were talking. We've talked about the Meg several times. The author has Parkinson's as well. Um, so, you know, it, it's sad that these very talented people, and not just because they're talented. I mean, it's sad that anyone that has it, but you know, to to see it, you know, kind of take its form and, you know, I don't want to say destroy them as a person, but it really tears them down. And, and, you know, for Michael, he couldn't work for the longest time with it. And it's, it's, it's just sad to see anyone you, you admire or whatever, go through something like that. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it breaks your heart to see someone go through something like that. But the, but then you celebrate every, like you said, you celebrate, Every time you see him, every yeah. time you see him, when he pops up in something like, there's a movie uh, on Netflix called "See You, See You Yesterday." Yeah, um, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a good movie, um, but it, it, it had uh, it's time travel, so I was already interested in it. Cause I love time travel movies. It's yeah. like one of my favorite genres is time travel, uh, but um, it, it has an element, and the teacher for this young lady. Is Michael J. Fox, and he pops up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Michael J. Fox, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm so now. Is he in the, this whole movie? But he's not. He's just in like a couple of ro- couple of parts. But I was like, man, just that little bit of seeing Michael J. Fox was like, man, just like satisfying, you know, satisfying seeing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. He's one of a kind, you know, honestly. I mean, it's not just the Marty McFly character. It's just, well, I, I've, like, I've been a fan. I mean, I've been a fan of his since Back to the Future, of course. Teen Wolf, The Hard Way, The Frighteners, uh, Life of Mikey, Doc Holly, Holly, Hollywood. <laughs> I almost said Holiday. <laughs> That's a but, different uh, movie. Yeah, different, very different. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm like you. Uh, anytime I see him pop up, uh, such as Designate Survivor, because I did not know he was going to be in that. It, see him work with Kiefer, it was, I think that was a dream come true that I didn't know I dreamed about. <laughs> you know, and and think about him. Oh man, oh I didn't even think about that aspect of it. Whoa, <laughs> oh if they, if they just hit Kevin Bacon in there, it's like a trifecta for me. But, um. <laughs> But yeah, just think about like when I remember seeing him in the movie Casualty of War. Uh, yeah, the of War. Uh, you know, it's I'm used to seeing him as not a comedic actor, but in more lighthearted stuff like Teen Wolf, Back to the yeah. Future, things like that. So when I seen him in Casualty of War, and he played more serious. I didn't know how to respond to it, but I loved him in it. Just like just yeah. that movie gripped me because he was in it, and he, and he had a good uh, like a. You know, I hate to use the term "good heart," but he had a good heart in that movie. Um, yeah, and so that was a just, hard movie to watch, though. Oh my I mean, gosh, it's a hard movie to watch. Sean Penn, Sean Penn. Penn. Sean Penn's awesome, though. I mean, he, he's an amazing actor. Uh, especially he can play a good guy and a bad guy. He's really oh, yeah. good. He's, he's he's just great. It's like he he gets better with age, like as a filmmaker too. I mean, he's he's a pretty good filmmaker, uh, but. I remember watching that movie for the first time. I didn't know what to expect. I don't watch a lot of war films. I hated 
his character, though. I was like, no, Sean, don't do that to me. I'm a big Sean Penn fan. I always have been since the TV movie Bad Boys. Um, but it's he's he's so good. Um, hey. And him and Michael really had great chemistry in that movie. Uh, really good chemistry. I was talking to somebody earlier about that aspect of acting. And I'm sorry that if y'all want to turn this off now, y'all feel free. We're just talking now. <laughs> Maybe we'll put in that when you put it on anchor, you put like, I don't know, you can't really put a time stamp, but somewhere where we start talking about other stuff, I just kind of know. But, um, but yeah, so we was talking about this actor. Uh, we was talking about uh, like actors that does that play the role so well in, in a, a villainous role that you just still can't stand them to this day, no matter what movie you see them in. You know what I'm saying? Like that aspect, like they, they did such a good job. Where you're like, I cannot stand you, you know. Uh, and uh, that's how it is with Josh, for Josh Hartnett for me. Uh, he was in the movie O, and he played like the villain, the antagonist in O. I haven't seen it. And he he does such a good job being such a bad guy, and I I hated him in that movie. And to this day, it's hard for me to watch stuff with Josh Hartnett in it. Not that I don't like him; he's a talented actor. He just, oh, he got on my nerves so bad. And and I thought about that because I'm watching um, I'm watching a movie. I'm watching a TV show, Resonant. And uh, uh, spoilers, uh, just it's not big spoilers, but Morris Chestnut appears in the show later on. And he's, a, he's playing such a bad type of guy and just can't stand him. But it's not because of this I can't stand him. He was in some. He was in another movie where he played a bad guy. I forgot what movie it was. I think it was some. I think it was some like had a, maybe a Nicolas Cage movie. I don't know. He was in a movie where uh, he was like the bad guy. He's the main bad guy. Uh, and I forgot what movie it is. But still, he was played such a good job of being bad that to this day I can't stand more Chestnut. It is when I see him in movies. I'm like. Oh, this guy. That was my first my first thought is I cannot stand him. Well, you know, when I think of Morris, movie. I think of Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. I always go to that movie. And I don't know why. Because uh, I don't think, of, when I think of Cuba Gooden Jr., I don't think Boys in the Hood. When I think Ice Cube, I don't necessarily think Boys in the Hood or Lawrence Fisher. When you think Cuba, what do you think? Do you think, when you think Cuba, uh, Cuba Jr., do you immediately go to, like, Rat Race? That's where I go with him. I go straight uh, to Rat Race. No, um, uh, snow dogs. That's where I go. Um, really, honestly, I go to Judgment Night with Emilio Estevez. Oh yeah, I love that. That was the very first movie I saw him in. Uh, but I also think of uh Jerry Maguire. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Men of Honor with Robert De Niro. Um, uh, you know, but. I don't know. It's just weird that I think of Morris from, you know, Boys in the Hood, and I don't think of the other guys. <laughs> from that movie. It, like, yeah, when I think of Ice Cube, I don't immediately think Boys in the Hood. I think my thought of Ice Cube, when I think Ice Cube, I immediately think Friday. And yeah. And after that, I think Anaconda. And I think Are We There Yet? And then Barbershop. Those are the kind of movies I think of with Ice Cube. That's my thoughts when it comes to yeah. Ice Cube. When I think of Lawrence, I think of The Matrix. I can't help but think of The Matrix. I Lawrence. think of Matrix, and now I think of uh, 
think of Matrix, I think of uh, School Days, uh, Spike Lee movie. But I also think uh, John Wick series. Yeah. Yeah. The Matrix, yeah. You think Matrix immediately. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, Morpheus. It's just, I think it's the the death scene, how he gets shot down at the end. And it, it just, I, my heart goes out to him. Uh, and that shit is zigzag, man. I know. Shit zigzag. Why didn't he, he shit is zigzag? Yeah. Who does not zigzag? Well, I mean, I don't know what I do in that situation, but maybe you don't think about zigzagging. Maybe you just think about running. Yeah, uh, I ain't never had it. Well, I can't say I never had a gun pulled on me, but I never had a, someone pull a gun to shoot me before. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know what I do. I yeah. can't say. I, I would say I zigzag, but chances are, it's like the Jurassic Park out. I would have died. I would die. <laughs> I know me. I probably wouldn't even ran. I'm like, oh, no. And <laughs> just, like, clammed up. He just froze, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like the lawyer. <laughs> yeah. On a dog. Yeah, like, what you, that's what you do. Like, you, like it's in a fight or flight, right? So yeah. when you're in a situation like that, if there's a dinosaur in front of you, Brandon said it earlier, he's going to pee and crap himself and probably get in a fetal position and get ready to be eaten. Yeah, I mean – if that's the situation, yeah, I'm. My bodily functions are just gonna go haywire because <laughs> it's like release. <laughs> I was like, well, this is how I go out. I might as well make the best of it. Oh my gosh, oh, it's a bad idea, guys. Don't create dinosaurs. I'm gonna go back to that. Don't do it. Yeah, I, mean, I will not survive. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you put nine times out of ten, no one's going to survive that situation. <laughs> uh, unless you really know dinosaurs, you know what they're going to do. Like Dr. Alan Grant, he knows exactly nine, what they're going to do. Nine times out of ten, nobody's going to survive Jumanji. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm not surviving that. That's that another Spielberg movie, right, Jumanji? No, no. It wasn't Spiel? No, Spiel, I don't, Spielberg? I don't know. No, he only worked with Robin on Hook. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, cool. Man. You want to put Spielberg with everything, don't you? Everything magical. Spielberg Spielberg, Spielberg makes everything better. Uh, But uh, after uh, 13 Ghosts next week, guys, um, if you're still listening, uh, we will have. Uh, I'm gonna, unless I change my mind, I plan on not changing my mind. We're gonna do another Spielberg movie, Color Purple. Just I want Brandon to look at a serious Spielberg movie and <laughs> see. Uh, and, and okay, and I haven't watched all his serious movies. Like, it, I'm looking around the room, I haven't watched Chandler's List yet. I haven't seen it. It's not, it's not that I don't want to see it, it's just I know that's gonna be a hard one to watch. And I just yeah, I haven't seen it all the way through. I saw some of it, but not all of it. Just I, I haven't. I, I can honestly say I haven't seen all Spielberg's films. I haven't either. Um, I've missed. I would say about five or six, and they're his serious films. Uh, I did finally see 1941 last year, though. I I think that's got to be his worst. 1941. Comedy he did. 
Dan Aykroyd, yeah. Belushi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah who else is in it? it? It was. I didn't find it funny. Well, all right. Well, that's the end of this podcast. Um, thank you for listening to the Mark Out Movie Podcast. You all have a good rest of your day, and we will be with you next week. God willing. All right. Thank you for marking out with us, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you enjoyed this adventure in Jurassic Park.